we are to live before you. Help us, we pray, through your Spirit. Amen. Thank you. Please be seated. I think that's become our new theme song. So we're still in the book of Colossians, or shall I say back in the book of Colossians. And I've called um, this morning's sermon, Go Back to Go Forward. And there's a reason for that. As any farmer or anyone who works with horses and carts will tell you, there's a specific place for the horse and a specific place for the cart. You can't mix the two and get the order wrong. Because it ain't going to work for long. Something bad is sure to happen. And sometimes like that in our Christian lives, we're the same way. We want to put the cart before the horse. We want the experience of being a Christian and feeling good and victorious. That's the cart. But we need something else. We need to know the Savior who makes all those things possible. So how do we go about getting to know the Savior better day by day? And that's what the Apostle Paul's going to speak to us about. You see, the Corinthian Christians were, un oh, sorry, the Colossian Christians were under attack by those in their church who were saying, you don't just need Jesus Christ, you need our experiences too. You need the experiences of various things. And if you get those experiences, you will be a better believer, putting the cart before the horse. And so let's look at God's Word. Colossians chapter 2 and two verses only this morning. Verses 6 and 7. As you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. What's a little word you keep on hearing? In. In. We're going to see what that means. I don't know if you remember the first moment you fell in love. You still remember? Come on, gents. I remember taking my, she wasn't my wife then, my girlfriend... And coming from a family of six boys, this was novel. Taking my girlfriend out to the movies and a pizza, and I paid for the pizza and the movie. Yes! And you kind of feel like you're floating. I remember, my wife won't believe you, but I do. It's a bit of a moment like um, the lame man had in the temple when Peter and John healed him. He walked and he leapt and he praised the Lord. And when we're born again, that moment with Jesus Christ, when he saves us, we leap and we praise the name of the Lord and we know our guilt is gone and our peace with God is there. And he gives us this joy which we can't describe. And the hope of eternal life. Remember that day? I was a year old boy when I gave my heart to the Lord and I well remember that it felt unreal this joy which came over 
But unfortunately, those wonderful feelings don't last automatically. And if you've got a feeling-centered faith, it won't last you the distance either. You see, trials and disappointments come our way, and they've been described in Scripture to us over and over, and we've been warned about them. Trials and disappointments will come our way. You may suffer health problems. You may pray for something, but God doesn't seem to answer. And doubts start to creep in, and, and when you tell friends that you've become a believer, they might, may cut you off and start ridiculing Christianity as well. It doesn't work in the modern age. And if you're married to an unbeliever, your spouse may even be threatened by your change of lifestyle. They might even disparage what you hold on to. Your kids, as a believer, your kids might not be walking with the Lord and you've been praying for them for years and you start thinking, is this all real? So the question we're going to look at this morning is, how do you and I as believers go on? How do we carry on with Jesus Christ over the long haul? And how do we sustain our first love? You see, sadly, some don't sustain that love. Sadly, some get bitter because of their trials, and they get bitter at God. Some fall prey to false teachers and to what other religions teach. Some in Christian circles teach that if you just have enough faith, that you'll have health and prosperity too. Or perhaps some fall into the routine marriage mode in their Christian walks, where they don't experience the love of God, they just go through the motions of Christianity. And then they start to fill the void by collecting more and more things, which they hope is going to make them happy, but it only lasts for a short while. And some even succumb, sorry, some even succumb to temptation and they give in to affairs and things that they think will give them excitement now. But unfortunately, that all crumbles into grey despair in the end. It doesn't last. And so back to our question, how do you and I go on with Jesus Christ? How do we keep that first love fresh and vital over the long haul? In Colossians 2, verse 67, Paul says to us this morning, we go on with Christ in the same way we received Him. When I looked at these verses, there were only two verses, and I thought, well, this is going to be quite easy. But man, I had a week of it. Paul says we go on with Christ in the same way as we received Him. In other words, how did you receive me? You've got to go back to how you received Him, and then you will be able to go forward in your Christian life. Go back to go forward. So he says in Colossians 2 verse 6, look at that verse with me. Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him. You see, in the context of this whole passage that we're looking at, Paul's not focusing so much on the means of that salvation. We know it's by grace, through faith, that you've been saved. No, he's rather focusing on the person that we are focusing on, Jesus Christ. The person that you believe in, the one you initially fell in love with, 
the one who gave you new life. Go back to him if you want to go forward in your Christian life. If you want to be fulfilled in your Christian life. You see, the, the false teachers in the Colossi church were teaching them, you don't have to be going back to Jesus Christ all the time to be fulfilled. No. We've got rules that you can keep to. And if you keep to these specific rules, then you will feel closer to God. And you will be a more spiritual person. If you learn these specific secrets, which the angels will reveal to you, then you will be happier in your religion. But Paul says no, and now I'm doing a bit of revision, because we haven't been here for a bit. In chapter 1, he says no, exalt Jesus Christ. He is the all-sufficient. He is the supreme one. It's this Christ which Paul wants to proclaim to them. It's this Christ that you're to turn back to Colossae, Christians. It's this Christ who will present every person mature in Him as Paul works through them. It's this Christ that you are to worship firstly and avoid the error of the false teachers. It's this same Jesus Christ that you received. Remember, this is He who you received. And if you want to go on with Him, says the Apostle, without succumbing to these false teachers, without falling into sin, without drifting into spiritual apathy, then worship Jesus Christ, this exalted and all-sufficient One. Not a false Christ. And so He names Jesus Christ with these full names. He says, Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord. There's a very specific order there for a very specific purpose. It's very unique in the book of Colossi, uh, Colossians. And so we must pay attention. Receive Christ Jesus the Lord. Who is Christ? And I know you probably think, well, I know all this stuff. Who is Christ? He is the Christos. Is the Greek word. The Christ, the Messiah, Messiah is the Hebrew word. And what does that mean? It means He is the Anointed One. Christ, the Anointed One. Anointed as what? As King, as Prophet, as Priest. By who? By God Himself. This is the, the Christ who you are to receive and who you did receive he's God's anointed king as soon as you see the word anointed it is appointed by to a very specific purpose he's God's anointed king he's appointed to reign he's sovereign over all the universe God has put his son on the throne at his right hand and he will give him the nations as his inheritance and the very ends of the earth as his possessions says Psalm 2 Psalm 110. There's no power in heaven or earth that can stand against him, says Ephesians 1. He's God's appointed and anointed king. Christ. But he's also God's anointed, appointed prophet. He's the one who speaks for God. You see, prophets were the ones who brought the nation, the message, in the direct words of God. Jesus, the Christ, is the one who speaks for God. He's one like no other. He's not like any other prophet. doesn't matter what other religions tell you. 
He is the prophet, capital P. He is the one who has been with the Father throughout eternity and sent by the Father to do His will. And He's uniquely qualified to be our priest, our prophet rather, and to reveal the Father to us. He knows the Father. He's our prophet. And then He's our priest. This same Christ is our priest. He's the one who mediates between God and man. The one who comes between, says 1 Timothy 2.5. He offers the blood sacrifice on our behalf, which God's holiness demands from every single one of us. But unlike the Old Testament priests who had to offer daily rituals of animal sacrifices, this great high priest came and he did a once-for-all sacrifice. He gave himself as the ultimate sacrifice, says Hebrews. The one who is our mediator. And he replaces and supersedes all those Levitical priests of the Old Testament. He is Christ, the priest. This is the one that we received when you came to Jesus Christ as your Savior. And so don't turn aside to a Christ who is any less because there are religions, Mormonism and others who will say he is less of a Christ than what this description is. Don't decide, turn aside to him. He's a false human philosopher. But he's also Jesus. Now who is Jesus? You see, Jesus is his human name. Jesus is the Greek form of the word Yeshua, Joshua. Which means what? Anyone know? Yahweh saves. Almighty God saves. Jesus. This is the one that you are to draw near to, that you receive. He said himself, Luke 19, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Who's he describing? That's you and I. He came so that we would be saved. And so Jesus became the human face of God. You see, up to now, no one had seen God. Moses had seen the back of God, but he hadn't seen God. He had talked and walked with God as a friend, but he had never seen God. Came the human face of God. Now we could see God. And this is who? The God who saves. We can see our God who saves through Jesus. And so when we toss this word salvation around, sometimes in Christianese and in Christian circles, we need to remember it's not just a com common word, salvation. It's a radical term. And so people who just need a little advice or guidance don't need salvation. If you're coming to Jesus Christ and you just need guidance and a little bit of advice, you don't need Jesus Christ. He is a saviour. If you're functioning pretty well on your own, you don't need to be saved, even though you don't know it. You need to be saved by Him. But you're blinded to it. See, self-righteousness blinds us to our need for this Jesus, the one who saves. But that's not all. We also receive Him as Lord. And this word, Jesus Christ, the Lord, means Yahweh, Jehovah Almighty God, the God of the armies. You need that Lord in your life too. And what does that mean? It's speaking about His deity. 
He's not just any God. He is Almighty God, the only true God. And you need Him. And He uses here His Old Testament, His personal covenant name, I am who I am. You need this God. Why? Because He says, if I am to be your God and your Lord, you are to obey me. You need to be saved, but you also need to obey me. And so this is the Jesus Christ that we come before and that we receive. Don't forget who He is. And there's lots more that we can speak about Him. Don't trade Him for any other Christ who is any less than this. And my friend, if you cannot obey Him and bow the knee to Him as Christ the Lord, if He is not Lord of all your life, He is no Lord at all in your life. Don't think you can take him on partial terms. It's all or nothing of Jesus Christ, the Lord. So this is the one we are to receive. The word receives means, it's, that's quite easy now. It means to receive, to hear as transmitted and to believe. That's it. As you heard the gospel, you believed it. As you trusted in Jesus Christ, you received Him into your life. It was transmitted to you. You took it in and believed it. And so he says now, if you look at that verse, Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him. See, it's speaking about more than just inter. Yes, I know these things. I've read this so many times. It's in my head. He's saying, now let it go to your heart. Believe in Him as Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. Not just the idea of Jesus Christ. Do you get the difference? There are many, many, many people out there who think they know Jesus because they understand who they think they know, but they don't know Him. They understand, but they don't know in the heart. So how do we draw near to Him? How do we know Jesus better? Well, it's speaking about walking here. Christ Jesus the Lord is the one we walk in. Chapter 2, verse 6. And the word walk, as it's used in this text, is in the present tense. It's an ongoing process. You didn't just start a walk with Jesus and then you kind of have to wait for eternity. It's a day-by-day -day walk in Christ. Step by step, moment by moment, struggle by struggle, walk in Christ. And unfortunately, uh, the Bible doesn't describe this walk with the Lord as running or galloping or flying because that would be much more exciting sometimes. No, it's a steady progress thing. It's a walk. Step by step, you will get to the end of that journey. And it implies daily effort, progress towards a goal. We are to walk in Christ. So what does walking in Christ look like? And there are three pictures given to us here. A picture of roots, a picture of a building being built, and then a picture of a river overflowing. Let's see if we can see those. And if you can see this, it will really help you in your daily walk. How are you to walk in Christ? Well, firstly, he says, you are to be rooted in Him, in your walk. 
As you walk in Him, make sure you are rooted in Him. Yes, originally, when you came to Christ, God planted you firmly in His Son. You were rooted in Him. But now, as you walk your daily walk before Him, make sure your roots are still in Him. Because our roots tend to go all over the place instead of where they should be. I'll come back to that. You see, the, the, the literal sense of this tense here is having been firmly rooted in Him. It's speaking about a past action with continuing results. Jesus Christ saved you and He planted you in Himself. Your roots are in Him, but now continue planting your roots in Him. It's a continuous action that has to take place. And then, interestingly, there's passive voice used here too. Having been firmly rooted. Doing the rooting. God is doing it in your life. He's doing it. He is the one working in these things. Now, you need to see this tree in your mind. This tree is firmly rooted in the soil. What's in the soil? Nutrients and water and all those essential things it needs. I'm not going to go too much into plants because I don't know too much about them. I cut them down with a chainsaw generally. Um, but if a, true, if a tree is firmly rooted in the soil, it's getting all the necessary water, the nutrients, and if it does that, it will grow and be healthy. And when you see a plant looking kind of yellow and it's not looking healthy, you know there's something wrong where? In the roots. There's something that's bothering it. You see, if the roots aren't firmly rooted, then when the storms come against that tree, it will shake and fall over. And I've seen a tree blown over like that. When the droughts come against it, because the root isn't deep in the ground, there will be no moisture, it will dry up, it will shrivel and die. And so even though these roots are hidden and underground, they are not unimportant. They are of utter importance. Without those deep roots, the tree will not survive. You see, when you and I genuinely trust in Jesus Christ, God roots us in Him. But we need to continually sink our roots down more into Him. And this is the hidden part of our walk with the Lord. This is the part that not everyone can see. Some stuff people can see in your life, but this part they won't see. Where are your roots? Are they firmly in the Lord? Or have you started getting another God in your life? Or gods in your life? And there the roots go, wanting to worship those gods. Are you firmly rooted in Jesus Christ? It refers to your heart before the Lord. Have you only got one God in your life? You see, some people go to church and they act like Christians. And when you look at them, they look like Christians. I don't know what they look like, but they look like Christians, like you. And outwardly, all seems fine. But down in their hearts, that bit I cannot see, the bit underground, they know, and God knows, that they are not rooted in Him. They never spend time with Him. They never read His Word. They never pray and spend time with God in prayer. Their roots aren't in Him. And when the storms of life come, they crash. They fall. They weren't rooted in Christ. My friend, I can only see the outside of you. As a pastor of this church, I can't read your heart. Where are your roots? 
Secondly, if you want to walk with Christ Jesus the Lord, it means being built up in Him. And the builders amongst us, there, I think there are any, some builders here associated with our church anyway. It's, it speaks about a, a building under construction. And again, a little bit of language here. There's, there's a present participle, and it, and it shows ongoing progress. And it shows a steady progress towards a complete building. There's ongoing progress, and it's going somewhere. You are being built up in Him. Again, passive voice. Who's doing it? God is doing it in your life. All right? So we got that out the way. Now, if you've ever watched a building under construction, sometimes you see... Fantastic progress, right? They're putting the frames up and then the roof goes up. It's easy to see. Sometimes you go past the building site, you see all the cars parked out and you wonder, there's nothing happening here. What are they doing? They actually get paid for this. And there they are. If you go inside the building, they are doing all those intricate little bits, the plumbing, the electrical circuits, things essential to that building. Without those things, that building's useless. That's our Christian lives. You see, when we walk with the Lord, sometimes there are very obvious changes that happen in our lives and others can see it. Like the moment you come to the Lord. Many times there's such a major difference in someone's life. Everyone says, what's happened to you? And when you've been struggling with something in your life as a believer and the Lord gives you victory over that, you'll come away from it singing and dancing and all those beautiful things and people say, wow, What's happened in your life? Sometimes things are obvious. But other times, the Lord is busy working on us, inside our lives, constructing us. And it's those day-by-day -day things that I struggle with, that bit of short-temperedness that the Lord still has to work on. And on a day, I find, well, I didn't, get, I didn't lose it with someone. The Lord's making progress. And when someone says an unkind word to me, I don't snap out. And suddenly I know the Lord is working in me. It's happening slowly, but it's under the surface. And those lusts that come against us in our lives, whether it's sexual or other lusts, wants in our lives, things, pleasures, experiences, suddenly I find those things are of less importance to me because the Lord is constructing under the surface. That's what we're talking about here. It's being built up in Him. And so you, the, the thing is, is your walk being built up in Christ too? Because he says he will, if you trust him. You see, we've got to learn to trust him on those little daily matters. And so when we see these things happening in our lives, let's give him the praise. Let's come to him and say, thank you, God. I can't always see it, but today I see it. I give you praise. You are building in my life. And then thirdly, to walk with Jesus Christ the Lord means being established in the faith. So walk in Him, rooted and built up him, in Him and established in the faith. Now this word established is a legal word. And it means to confirm, to guarantee, to make irrevocable. In other words, to put a seal on. And so what the Apostle is saying here is, when you see God working in your life, there's a growing assurance in your life that this is what God's doing. It's His hand in my life. Become stronger as a believer. As you go through the God's Word and you see these truths come alive in your life, you gain an assurance. 
Yes, I can stand on God's word. And next time the hard times come, I will go back to his word because last time it worked. Assurance. His stamp on our lives. The Apostle Paul says, learn to trust the guaranteed promises that God has given you and he will give you assurance. You will be established in your walk in him. And, in, and if you are established, you will not be tempted to go against or to go after all these false teachings and philosophies in life. You will learn to trust God's word no matter what. And then lastly, describing your walk. When you walk with Jesus Christ in this way, says our text, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. You will abound in thanksgiving. You see, that's the result of all these other things that have come before. The problem is with us, we want the short circuit side, the shortcut side rather. We want all the nice stuff. We don't want all this other stuff first. But Scripture is saying to us here through the Apostle, go back to your roots. Go back to your statement of faith. Go back to that moment when Jesus Christ saved you and that will give you this overflowing gratitude. The tense used here is, again, ongoing. You are overflowing with gratitude. If all these things are happening in your life, you will be overflowing with gratitude. It's a result of the other actions. And the picture here is used of this river overflowing its banks. And as you are grat grateful to the Lord for everything He's done in your life, it will pour out of your life. And you won't be able to help it. Your neighbors, your friends, your family, your kids will see it in your life because it'll bubble out of you. Can't contain that thankfulness because it is God who puts it in you. And it's a result of everything He's doing in your life. You will be thankful. And I've got to be honest with you, and this, you'll see my heart, because I'm opening it to you. My level of thankfulness is not always what it should be. My level of thankfulness is often dictated by circumstances and the weather. I know, it's fickle. But it's me. And it's one of those things the Lord has to continue to work in my life. And usually my level of thankfulness is below the overflowing level. But if you like me, these verses show us the answer. You see, it, the answer is not trying to be more thankful. That's putting the cart before the horse. The answer is going back to my walk in Christ. My roots. He's building in me. He's establishing me in the faith. And then when, when that comes into my life and I understand that, I will be thankful. And it's also a gift from Him. So what do we do with this? I want to ask you three questions. A few questions before the main questions. Here we go. Does your Christian life feel powerless? Does it feel listless and lifeless? And you find yourself asking, what's the point? Will I make it? How am I going to last as a believer? My first major question, where are your roots? Bonsai trees, everyone knows them. I could get my wife to explain this much more accurately, but a bonsai tree, very quickly, they take a normal little sapling coming out of the ground, yank it out, tie off its roots, cut off the main 
whatever those roots are. You see, I told you nothing about them. Um, but the main taproot is folded and, and bound, so it can't get the sustenance it needs. The, the side roots are bound and somehow stunted, and when you put it back, it can't draw the nutrients it, that it should need out of the ground. And so this little tree remains small, and then they form the branches with wires. Bonsai tree, it looks like a big one, but it's small. It's stunted in its growth. Is that the way our faith is described here? No. The Lord describes our, our, the way that we work in our lives, that our relationship with Jesus Christ is meant to be full of life. There's meant to be unlimited spiritual growth in our lives. And so we to go back to our roots in Him to go forward in our faith. Christ plants us deeply in Him. He pumps His life through us. And there's no limit to the life that He provides. But, and you need to hear this, where have you been allowing your roots to wander? Are you trying to find life and meaning in sustenance outside of Jesus Christ? Go and examine your life. You will find those roots in your life, not where they should be. And your growth will continue to be stunted because of sin. And that's sin. If your, if your growth is in anyone else or anything else but Jesus Christ, it's sin. You are a sick plant together with me. Ask Him to show you where your roots are and to bring you back to Him only as your source of life. Secondly, I want to ask you, how's your walk before Him? And honestly, before the Spirit, how is your walk? Are you in Jesus Christ, the Lord? In the same way you started when you started out on your Christian faith? My friend, don't lose your first love. Your first love of this wonderful, exalted Savior who loves you and gave Himself for you. You see, if your love for Him is cooled and you're just in routine Christianity mode then take the time to sit again at His feet. Take time and sit at the feet of Jesus Christ in your routines in, in the day. Make time to get to know your Savior. Meditate on His beauty and His grace. And as you do, life will turn from a mere daily plod into a purposeful stride through life. Remember that little song? When you walk with the Lord in the light of His Word, what a glory He sheds on our way. That's what I'm talking about. Your life will shine for Him again. And then lastly, how's the build? How's the build going in your life? As you walk in Him, rooted in Him, Christ continues to build you up in Him. And yes, sometimes it's, He does so slowly. But He's making you to be more like Himself in your attitudes, in your habits, in your passions, in your strivings. And so my friend, I would say to you today from God's Word, be patient when you can't see change happening in your life. Be patient. The Lord is working. Don't take shortcuts. There are many shortcuts out there, and they all lead to destruction. They all lead to leaky building syndrome. Don't go there. The Lord will change you in His time. He will make you to be more like Himself, 
And there is definite progress in your life because He's doing the work. The zeal of the Lord of God Almighty will accomplish His purposes in your life. But allow it to happen in His time. And hold on to Him. He will establish you. And, he will, and you will break out into overflowing gratitude when you see what He's been doing in your life. It'll be undeniable. You won't be able to hide it. And the world around you will know that Christ lives. And through your light, they will be drawn to a Savior for them. As you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him, rooted in your walk in Him, built up in your walk in Him, and established in your walk in Him in faith, as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word. And forgive us, Lord, for getting in the cruise mode in our Christian lives. For thinking we can just go on day in, day out, day in, day out, and live lives which are joyless, loveless, and grey. And yet we call ourselves Christians. Lord, help us to get our priorities right again. Help us to see Jesus Christ in all your fullness. And Lord, help us to obey you. And then, as we do our walk before you, we know that we walk in you, Jesus. Help us to stay rooted in you, built up by you, established in our faith so that we will break out into joy and happiness because of what you're doing in us. Lord, use us as believers here at Whanganui East. Use us in this city of ours in Whanganui. May they see the difference in our lives, but it, may it not be an artificial thing they see. May they see real joy because it will point them to a Savior, you, Jesus Christ. Use us, Lord. And through your Spirit, show us how we are to live every day. We ask this in your name. Amen.